Hey, this is Bad Vibes. Today's video is on those online dating stories. You know, you go online to try to find someone, and you end up finding the wrong type. The dangerous type. So make sure you hit that like button, as it really helps. And sit back, relax, and enjoy. So about a year ago, I moved into a new apartment. It was my second year of living alone. The city was relatively small, and I go to the local university there. One night I was bored at home, and decided to set up a Tinder date. I was talking to this apparent normal guy, and asked if he could come over to my place. At the time, I didn't see anything wrong with that, so I invited him and told him that I lived alone. About 20 minutes after the message, he arrives at my apartment, wearing a black hoodie, big earphones, and he asked me if there were security cameras in the hallway, which was odd. I said that there was a couple, and from that, I could tell that I just made a mistake. He got into my apartment, and we made out for like 10 minutes, in my bed. He asked if he could try some kinks on me. At the moment, I was not thinking rationally anymore, and I said yeah. He started biting my neck, then my chest, then my legs, and then he started getting into some really weird kinks. He started pinching me really hard, pulling my skin, and really digging his nails into my body. At this time, I was completely panicking and asked him to stop, but he wouldn't. To top things off, he started choking me, and I couldn't get him off of me because he was a big buff dude. At last, he stopped, and I rushed into the bathroom, saying I needed to pee. In no time, I grabbed a knife and locked myself in the bathroom and called my other friends to come help. I got out and told him to get the hell out of my apartment, or I would call the police. To my surprise, he tried to attack me but I had a knife in my hand and started screaming. After hearing the doorbell, he quickly got dressed and rushed down the stairs. Please be careful when bringing strange people into your home. This shit scared me for life and I don't think I'll ever do Tinder dates again. For some context, this took place in June, about two weeks before I turned 18 and I'm a female. I had just finished my A-levels and decided to join Tinder for a joke, just to have fun and waste a bit of time. I thought it would be fun to put Snapchat in my bio, just to see how much people would add me. And I admit, I enjoyed the attention from guys. People added me, but no one actually messaged me except for this one guy. I'll keep his name anonymous. This guy was 20, and at the time I was 17. He was about an hour drive away from me, which will be important later. We started off just innocently chatting. The conversation was dry, but it killed boredom, so I held the conversation. One day, he randomly popped up asking, So when are we going to meet then? I was hesitant at first, but I agreed in the end, after I ran it over with my parents. I invited him over to my house. I don't know what I was thinking, but I told him that he could come over. He got there the next day at 9am. Bear in mind, he lived an hour away from me, so this was the first red flag. I was confused as hell why he wasn't dressed for the day. Nevertheless, I invited him in and finished getting ready. We just chilled and watched films all day before heading out around 2pm. We chilled by the beach for a bit before coming back to my house around 5pm. I was expecting him to go home after that, but no, he stayed. 
We watched a couple more films, and every now and then, I would look over at him and catch him flat out staring at me. We would lock eyes, and he would say something creepy like, I love your eyes, or I'm so glad we met, all while knowing me for only about 8 hours. I regret to say that we ended up kissing a lot. I felt awkward, and being a naive 17 year old on our first real date, I thought that this was what you're supposed to do. He left around 10pm, which means he was at my house for like 13 hours, but there were no sparks at the end, and I was expecting this to be a one time thing. Nope. He turned up at my house at 9am two days later. I went along with it because I didn't have anything better to do. Again, he didn't leave until 9pm. At this point, I had no interest in seeing him again and didn't really feel a romantic connection with him. I admit, I may have let him on as I never actually told him I wasn't interested. Looking back at it, I should have told him and maybe the next events wouldn't have happened. My birthday rolls around. Well, the day before. He shows up at 9am again and takes me out. We go to the mall and he buys me so much. I keep saying, no, you don't have to. And let me buy this. But he insisted because it was my birthday. I had only met this guy twice before. And he was buying me stuff like clothes, makeup, and sexy underwear. I was still only 17 even though my birthday was the next day. I felt like I was being treated like a prostitute. Every time we would walk around, he would force my hand into his and try to kiss me. I felt so awkward. Anyway, we get back to my house around 6pm and I come home to flowers from him that he had delivered to my house. We chill in my room and I didn't know what to do. I felt trapped. I felt like I couldn't tell him to leave because he had just spent so much money on me. Anyway, he tried to have sex with me. He kept saying, come on. Don't you want to have a nice birthday? I came all this way for you. Just creepy stuff like that, trying to get me to sleep with him. I just kissed him and told him I didn't want to. I wasn't a virgin, but I definitely did not want to sleep with him. He finally leaves and I just break down crying. I don't know why, I just felt so trapped. I tried to be cold with him over messages and stuff for the next few days, hoping to scare him off. It didn't work. About three days after my birthday, I get home from work around 9pm. Guess whose car I see parked outside my house. Yep. I walk in and he's sitting there, chatting to my family in the lounge. They seem to really like him, even though I told him how creepy he was being. We ended up going to the local pub after to get some drinks. We get back to my house and I'm pretty drunk. I suggest more drinks and crack open a bottle of bubbly I saved for my birthday. As we were drinking more, he gets quieter. I look up at him and ask what's wrong, and he suddenly grabs me, kisses me, and tries to put his hand up my skirt. I immediately push him off and stare at him angrily. He looks at me in a really sinister way and says, I deserve it. Because he had drank, he couldn't drive home, so he just stayed over. I tell him I'm too drunk and I want to go to bed. Luckily, my mother happily showed him to the guest room and I didn't see him again until the morning. I woke up around 9am and walked downstairs to find him cuddling my cat in the garden. I tell him I had a call from work saying that they needed me in an hour and that he needs to leave. He tried to protest saying that he'll just wait till I'm off and we can hang out but I just tell him no and that I'm seeing friends later which wasn't a lie. 
But the work thing was a lie. To get him to leave quicker. And yet he still protests. Saying that we can all hang out together. Eventually he takes no for an answer and leaves. I cry and cry. I tell my mom everything. She likes to tell me that he wasn't that bad. But to this day she still has no idea that I had to deal with him like I did. I meet my friend and tell her about him. And that I'm going to leave it a couple days and tell him I don't want to see him anymore. However... That same night, I get a lengthy paragraph from this guy, and he professes undying love to me. Some of the most memorable quotes from this, You're my whole world. I'd be nothing without you. I'm so glad I met you. I can't wait to share our life together. That was it. I did be straight up with him. I told him everything, that I didn't feel a connection with him, and what he did with me when he was drunk was not okay. I even offered to return the things that he bought me, but he just said no. Surprisingly, he actually apologized and said sorry for making me feel so uncomfortable. Brilliant. That's that, I thought. Nope. He started stalking me. However, anyone who has Snapchat will know that you can view a map that tells you where your friends are. You can also turn it off so people can't see you. But I customized mine so that only people I'm close with can see where I am. He was one of them. I forgot to turn it off, and whenever I went out, there he was a couple hours later. Remember, he lives about an hour away from me. I first noticed that he had followed me after I went to the beach, the same one I went with him. I went with my friend, and about two or three hours into the day, we were getting ready to go home. I opened up my snap maps, as I always do, just so I could see that me and my friend were together and show her. It's a silly thing I do, but I find it cute seeing our little bitmoji characters on the map. When I saw he, who shall not be named, was with us, his little bitmoji character, probably like 200 yards away from us. My eyes widened, and I told my friend that the guy that I had been complaining about all day was literally here, now with us, somewhere. We panicked and sped walked to the car and drove home. That happened two more times. Once again with the same friend, when we visited a reservoir near my town. There was no reason for him to be there too. So I messaged him, asked him what he was doing at the reservoir when I got home. He said he was taking pictures. But the reservoir would have been more like a three hour round trip for him to drive. And he had never mentioned photography to me before, so I didn't believe him. It happened a third time, and that's when I blocked him. I was with my extended family in a restaurant, yet this time he messaged me his location on Snapchat, which is one of the things you can do, and he was in the freaking building. I had to come up with an excuse to tell my family that I hadn't seen for months why we had to leave. I told my mom the truth, and then she explained to them after. They were understanding. I had enough. I didn't even message him again. I blocked him on everything. And luckily, I haven't heard from him since. Last month, I moved to another country, and I didn't really know anyone. Due to that, I spent a lot of time alone and started to get bored. Although I didn't, and still don't, like the concept of Tinder, I decided to create my own account to meet people. I spent hours swiping left and right and having brief conversations with my matches. However, most of them were men that wanted to see me on that same day, 
which scared me a bit. My story begins when I matched with a 30-year-old girl who didn't wait long to send me a hi and asked me for my phone number. I, who had never been on this app before, thought that was normal and gave her my phone number without having spoken at all. That was my first mistake. At first, everything seemed normal. The girl, which name was Diana, sent me voice notes. We talked briefly and in superficial ways about ourselves. She seemed very, very interested in talking to me since on several occasions she would double text me if I didn't answer quickly. And I'm not gonna lie, I found that curious. However, I paid no attention. The second day of talking to her, she asked me to meet her somewhere. And even though our conversations had been superficial, I said yes and we set a place in an hour. Hours before our meet, I started to regret it. I deleted Tinder and sent her an apology message. That was where things got weird. She texted me that it was fine, but a few minutes later she sent me several messages, but deleted them within seconds so I couldn't read them. A couple hours later, she tried to video call me. I didn't answer and told her that I was busy. Despite all that, she called me again and again. I kept saying I was busy, but still, she called me twice at 2am. By this time, I was out and drunk, and I blocked her. I felt a little bad about it, but come on. I'm a woman in her early 20s, living in a foreign country, so at the same time, I felt relief that it was over. Except, it wasn't. I woke up to a, hello, from an unknown number, which profile picture in WhatsApp was of an old man. I asked him who he was, and in less than a minute, I received an answer. It said, Hi, it's Diane. This is my dad's number. Why do you block me? Did I annoy you? Even in spite of how bizarre that was, I tried to empathize with her and answered with the truth. Again, she told me that it was fine, and I blocked her dad's number. In less than two hours, I received another message from another unknown number. It said, Hi, it's Diane. Why do you keep blocking me? I need to talk to you. Text me. At this point, I no longer find it funny. I tell her that I'm not interested in talking to her, and she literally tells me, I need to talk to you about something. There's a girl who is harassing me. She does black magic. I repeated that I'm not interested, and she goes like, You don't believe me, do you? And I blocked her again, for the third time. Anyway, I really don't know if this was some kind of strange joke, but I think I could say that my first experience using Tinder was tragic. I wonder if it's always that way, though, because I've been thinking about downloading the app again, and at least next time I won't share my number with someone who I hadn't talked to at all. Let's hope for the best. And Diana, let's not fucking meet. So this happened about one month after I finished high school. I was 18 at the time and tired of being inexperienced. I went to a pretty nerdy school, so I, nor others, were crazy about getting into relationships or hookups. So after seeing my friends dabble with Tinder, I decided to try it myself. I mostly did it for a joke, sending funny pictures to my friends over some weird messages I got or funny bios I found. But I was also up to meet someone, if they seemed fine. So eventually, this dude and I started talking, and he asked to meet me at the local hangout, a gas station. 
That tells you something about my town. He seemed alright. Fairly cute. Only a year older. I decided it was fine, especially considering one of my friends was at the place. So if this guy was a total weirdo from the start, I could escape. But it was fine. And the first time we hung out in his car, nothing drastic happened. We kissed, but that's all that happened. We hung out in his car again and drove around and made out. But once again, nothing drastic happened. Both of us were kind of just trying to lose our virginity and get it out of the way. My car was small and so was his. And both of us had pretty strict parents. So we scheduled to meet up next Saturday at a cheap motel to get it over with. So that day comes. I wake up and I'm literally in the worst pain of my life. I was on birth control, but it just made it worse, and I'm in terrible pain. I text him, saying that I need to wait a week. Instead of just an alright, or even a slightly annoyed tone, this guy basically tries to pressure me to go in anyway. I try to explain that I'm in pain, and if he honestly can't wait a week, he can go find another girl. He starts calling me a liar, saying that I'm making it up so I can sleep with another guy. Basically he sends me texts from 9pm to 6am, calling me all sorts of nasty things, saying I'm really ugly and horribly boring and that he was just doing this as a favor and that I'm going to regret this and so on. I'm upset obviously. I never had someone say the things like he said to me. I generally started feeling pretty awful about myself thinking that I should have just sucked it up and gone with him anyway. It basically put me in a really horrible mood the whole week so much that I basically turned into a big sobbing mess when I went with my friends camping the following week. It's a week later and I'm sitting on my screen porch that we have for our cats in the summer. I just got in a kitten and was playing with her when I see a car that looks like the car that the guy drove. I brush it off until I see the same car drive by again and again and again about seven times in total. I think back and I realize that I talked about hanging out at a beach a lot which was right across from my house. Now I'm terrified. My parents aren't home and if he corners me I'm in an enclosed room. The only access from the house was the window, which was very hard to open from the outside. After the second time, I ducked so I wasn't visible from the road and started texting my friend. My friends pulled up and the car stopped coming by and I hugged them, terrified of what could have happened. My mom and dad come home and I don't say anything, but I basically forced myself into hanging around them and not being home alone for a few days. About six months later, this guy asked me on Facebook. I never once gave him my last name. He texts me saying I'm the most genuine and pretty girl he'd ever met that when looking back on it he compared every single girl he's met since and I'm the top and he's sorry. I don't think he knew I saw him stalking me. I basically said that's cool but don't talk to me again. He hasn't fortunately. I swore off Tinder for a while eventually using it far away from home at college. With a happy ending I met my current boyfriend. So I got to learn some good things and bad things by using online dating apps. But to the guy from Tinder, let's not meet again. This happened over a year ago, so I'm safe now. I just broke up with my ex back in January 2019. I was angry at everything and I had just joined Tinder. I talked to this guy that seemed pretty cool and was quite attractive. I talked to him for quite a bit and eventually took a lift down to where he lived. Now, his dad had passed away not too long ago so he moved back in with his mom to help out. I found that sweet and so I thought nothing of it. We took a lift to Walmart in the liquor store as his mom requested some wine. 
I had bought pizza to bake at their home to make a decent impression and had purchased her wine, which she had given me cash for despite my protest. Again, trying to make a good impression. This home was gorgeous. They had an old time Y jukebox and the freaking sink taps in the bathroom were installed in the mirrors. Water flowed from the spout in the freaking mirrors. His mom was sweet as a southern tea and seemed to be taking a liking to me. So this guy had been messaging his lesbian best friend, Cynthia, and explained that he had helped her out after she broke her ankle and such. Again, I thought, what a nice guy. We drank. We had sex. Everything was cool. I warned him that I had scars from previous cutting incidents, but nothing recent. He was fine with it and understood. The next morning, I had an interview with a major company call center, and his mom offered to drive me. Such a sweetheart. I did great in the interview and was offered the job. I immediately texted a guy telling him the good news. So one day when I was home and I had slept for about 8 hours, I wake up to a dozen text messages and over 20 Facebook messages from him. It started with, hey how's it going? But as I scrolled through the rest of the messages, they progressed to, those cut marks on your arm. Yeah, I would have never dated a cutter anyway. Most of them are fucking pathetic that need to get serious fucking help. Might as well keep doing it, since it seems to be your only friend. What the actual fuck? I blocked him. Then I posted it to my Facebook page, so if anyone else knew him, they could see how he actually was. I get a friend request from his lesbian friend, Cynthia. She filled me in. She is not a lesbian. She had just broken up with him hours before befriending me, and he had told her that I was a lesbian. Also, that he goes by his middle name. I had done a basic search with the name he provided me and on his Facebook page to make sure he wasn't a felon or some shit before meeting him. When I did the research on his first real name, sure as shit, so many charges, including child pornography. He had been stalking her, pinging her phone location, and messaging her shit like, Oh what? You're not gonna leave your house? And he told her to kill herself. She had gotten the cops involved. She sent me screenshots of the messages he was sending. We talked a bit more, and while I'm not in the medical profession, it's kind of clear something was wrong. He was a liar, manipulative, aggressive, angry, and obviously his moods flipped faster than mine. I offered to send her what I could of the messages in case she could use it to build a case against him. Shortly after, I get a friend request from a name I don't recognize, something generic like Mike. Then I get a message, Hey, it's Jay. How's your new job going? I was freaking out. He knew where I worked. The building was secure, but the parking lot not so much. I got pepper spray and called my dad, who has been in the police force since I've been alive. He advised to not carry a baseball bat because it could easily be wrestled from me and used against me. But pepper spray was a decent choice. Also, he said that while online bullying isn't something the police can do much about, if he messages me again, it goes into the harassment area and needs to be reported ASAP. I was getting off work after midnight and was scared shitless. I parked as close to the building as possible, pepper spray in hand. Fortunately, I haven't ran into him since and I don't want to ever meet him again. I've also since moved and changed jobs. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. This story all happened in the last three weeks, 
and the final part hopefully just took place this morning. So to set the stage, I'm a single dad with a daughter who is about to turn three. I don't really have time to hang out and meet people, so I decided to put myself out there and I made a Tinder profile. I had a few decent dates, but nothing too special. Then, about two or three weeks ago, I matched with a new person. She lived about 30 minutes from me and looked cute, so I messaged her. We start talking and she gives me her number. We text for a week or so and things seem great. We both seem to be on the same page about things and that neither of us wanted to rush into anything serious. So we decided to spend an evening together. The first evening went well. We got along great. We did the same thing a few days later and again everything went fine. But after about two weeks it became clear that she wanted to start an actual relationship and I wasn't ready to commit to that. I made it clear and she seemed to understand and accept it. After some of the things she said though, I was seeing some red flags and I wasn't sure if she was actually going to respect my wishes and not try to move things forward into a serious relationship. There were a number of things she said that made me think that she was a bit emotionally unstable. So I decided to take a few days to think about things and decide what I wanted to do. We had been texting at least a little bit every day and I felt like the daily connection was not helping to convince her that I was serious when I said I wanted to take things slow and not jump into a relationship. So on Friday morning I was texting her and then just kind of stopped replying. I didn't think much of it since I was really busy anyway. She came to my house that night, just showed up unannounced. I was polite and made up an excuse about my phone being broken. She claimed that she showed up because she was worried that something happened to me since I always replied right away before. But her showing up at my house was another huge red flag. I figured the broken phone excuse would benefit me, giving me time to evaluate this new warning sign and decide what to do. I told her it was fine, but that I might be MIA for a bit longer until I get a new phone. I don't have internet connection either, so basically all contact with me would cease until I reinitiated. She seemed to be fine, apologizing for intruding on my evening, and left right away. So I didn't give it too much thought, other than reaffirming my concern that she might be becoming obsessed. In the next few days, she sent me messages, basically checking to see if I got a new phone. There was nothing too crazy, but still worried me a bit, and with everything else, it told me that I needed to cut things off completely. That leads me to last night. It was six days since she showed up to my house and I hadn't contacted her so far. I was hoping that my silence would send a message or maybe she would forget about me and move on with someone else, but that didn't happen. I went to sleep around midnight and woke up at 6am. Upon looking at my phone, I saw literally 15 notifications, 6 missed calls and a voicemail. The text message started off saying, I know that you are probably asleep, but I saw that you accepted a friend request two days ago. So I wanted to know why you've been ignoring me. And then it went to pleading for me to answer my phone and finished with, If you won't talk to me, I'm going to come to your house. This whole thing took place between 1 and 2 a.m. The voicemail was just her sobbing on the phone and screaming, Why are you doing this to me? Keep in mind, I've known this girl for less than a month and we've been on two dates in that whole time. At this point, I'm pretty freaked out. So I call a friend of mine asking for advice. My friend told me to just be blunt and tell her that threatening to come to my house in the middle of the night was completely inappropriate, that she's acting crazy, and to not contact me again. So here I am this morning, 
After sending a long text, kindly but firmly telling her that her behavior wasn't acceptable and that I did not want her to contact me again. So crazy Tinder girl, let's not meet again. I'm going to warn you now, the story is a bit long and quite a doozy. This happened six years ago. I'm 27 now. I apologize if there's some small details missing or that I don't remember. I had gotten out of a three-year relationship that didn't end particularly well. I wanted to change the scenery, so I decided to try my luck on this site called OkCupid. I know, I know. Terrible idea. I'm well aware of that now. But hindsight is always 2020. In my mind, most of the dating sites are a cesspool of catfish, creepy people, and desperate people. To my surprise, I actually went on several decent dates. No red flags, creeper vibes, or any weird feelings. Luckily, I made my mom aware of what I was doing. So whenever I'd go on a date, she'd know where I was and when I was going to be home. Mama didn't raise no idiot, right? Wrong. This is when I came across Dennis's profile. He seemed chill, kind of cute, and somewhat interesting. I decided to send him a message. He was playful and had a sarcastic sense of humor, which was right up my alley. So I decided to give him a shot. We met at a coffee shop and had some engaging conversations. Dennis was 5'9", normal built, balding with reddish hair and glasses. He definitely gave off some nerd vibes. He started off by asking, What are you looking for? I gave my normal response. I want someone who's sweet and caring, but also funny and intelligent. Something along those lines. Nothing groundbreaking. I realized later that giving this sort of response was the beginning of the end. Dennis and I went on a couple more dates. I started to fall head over heels for him fast. He was sweet, understanding, caring, worked out, and took care of himself. He was everything I wanted in a guy. It was difficult to understand why he was single. Since I was falling for him so quickly, we agreed that we would be exclusive. Everything was going smoothly until about two months into our relationship. That's when shit started to hit the fan. For the last month, I had been pushing him to let me hang out at his place and to meet his roommate. Every time I pushed the subject, he would make an excuse why we couldn't. My roommate's crazy. It's not a good time. He works opposite schedules than me, etc. It was always something. At some point, we made plans to go to a club one evening. I was dressed up, ready to go, waiting for him. He ended up not answering his phone for a couple hours. I thought his phone must have died since whenever I would send him a message, it would never say delivered. For those of you that are Apple users. I ended up deciding to go to his place to see if he would open his door. He lived about 15 minutes away from me in an apartment complex. And it was the middle of the winter. It was so cold. I knocked on his door. No answer. While heading back to my car. Look who decides to show up. None other than Dennis himself. And guess who he was with. Yes you're correct. Another woman. Which I later found out was his long term girlfriend. Jessica. I quickly ran my way over to him and the look on his face was fucking priceless. His face deadpanned as soon as he saw me. He whispered something to the girl that he was with and she made her way inside. 
He came over to me and was speechless at first. I'm very surprised to see you here. Really? We had plans, remember? I wanted to see if you were home. I do remember. My phone died, so I didn't receive any of your texts and lost track of time. We were at my friend's birthday party. Who's the girl? My roommate. I thought your roommate was a guy. He is. She's my other roommate and a very good friend. Mind you, I'm a very skeptical person and alarm bells were definitely going off in my mind in accordance to my parents' numerous warnings. However, Dennis is the sort of person who is very good at talking himself out of situations. He was an excellent liar and being naive and insecure person I was, I believed him. We ended up going to the club after I waited outside in my car for almost an hour. I didn't think about it much since I was getting what I wanted and nothing was said about his girl roommate. Over the next month I kept pushing Dennis to meet his family and his other guy roommate. He eventually caved and brought me to see his mother. It was an extremely odd experience. We talked about books and some of Dennis's friends and I made a snide remark about how Dennis's guy roommate was fucking nuts. Dennis's words. And they both gave me the strangest glances. This would all make more sense in about a month or so. Eventually, I started to realize Dennis's stories weren't adding up and I started seeing holes in his stories. He would only see me on Tuesday and Thursday evenings because he worked a lot of overtime. He would never be flexible or change his mind or even allow me to attempt to change his mind. If he was late coming to see me, which started to happen frequently, he would send me screenshots of his work and his vehicle in line for getting washed, or would send me screenshots of his bathroom saying he just wanted to freshen up. When I asked him for a picture of him in that moment, of him in the bathroom mirror, he declined. He refused to send me any pictures of himself, proving that he was where he claimed to be. He would also take unusually long bathroom breaks at my house after sex, like 20 minute long breaks. I know, another huge alarm bell. Everything came to a head about a month or so later. I told Dennis I wanted to go somewhere with no phone service so that we could truly spend time together without technology being a distraction. He agreed and we ended up making plans to spend two or three days in Canada. It was still early on in our relationship, about four months. And my mom wanted to make sure I was safe, so she decided to take down Dennis's driver's license and made a copy of it, as well as his license plate. The trip ended up relatively uneventful until the last evening in the hotel room. I'm not sure if it was on purpose or if he was actually asleep. Dennis ended up rolling over to my side, pulling me closer and saying, I love you, Jessica. This made my blood run cold. I was so upset, tears started to blur my vision and I got up out of bed. My parents were right all along. He was a liar and a cheat. Did I break it off? No, of course not. That would make too much sense. I was naive and desperately in love with him. I didn't want to admit to myself that I had been played or that I was a side chick. So I acted as if nothing was wrong and that I didn't hear what he said that night. Of course, he didn't get rid of the aching feeling that I had for several weeks. I began to have bad anxiety and panic attacks on my way to school because of bad feeling in the pit of my stomach. Dennis was constantly lying to me, and I mean constant. It was so bad, I ended up starting to feel really angry. 
I left the feeling simmer for a couple days until I decided to do something about it. When realizing that you were right all along and things weren't just a strange coincidence, it's very bittersweet. On a freezing March day, after an exhausting day at school, I wanted to get rid of the nagging feeling in the back of my mind, once and for all. I decided to head over to Dennis's apartment complex to see if he was still lying to me about living in an apartment with a girl roommate. I got out of my car in the parking lot. I was shaking. I didn't know if it was from anxiety or from the anger that started to bubble up below the surface. Was he lying to the girl roommate? You bet your sweet ass he was. I knocked on his door and hid myself from the view of the peephole. He answered the door and his girl roommate was behind him. I came around the corner to look at him with an emotionless face and say, Wow. I turned on my heels and walked away, only to find out as I got back to my car that I had locked myself out of the car on a cold March day in the middle of winter. I was so distracted by my rage and sadness that I didn't realize that I left both my keys and phone in my car. I'm such an idiot. I was beside myself. I didn't know what to do. I locked my phone in the car with my keys. How the fuck could you do that? I was so angry at myself for being a moron. Not only that, I was in the parking lot of my teenage ex-boyfriend. With nothing else to lose, literally, I walk back to Dennis's apartment and knock on their door. Jessica answers and I beg to use her phone to call AAA. Jessica surprisingly agrees to let me use her phone. The entire time, Dennis is agitated and keeps walking around. At one point, he even went outside with a coat hanger in an attempt to unlock my car, but to no avail. During that time, I took advantage of me being alone with Jessica to get some information on her. Like, how long have they been together? Where do they meet? I was shooting 20 questions at her rapid fire before Dennis came back in. By the end of it, I had more than enough information to prove that Dennis was not who he says he was. Everything started to make sense and the puzzle pieces were connecting. One of the biggest aha moments for me was when we both were talking about being in a relationship with him on Facebook. It turns out, this sly motherfucker created two different Facebook accounts to ensure that he was in a relationship with both of us, only to block the other girl on that account, guaranteeing that neither of us would ever come across the Facebook account. So this happened about one month after I finished high school. I was 18 at the time and tired of being inexperienced. I went to a pretty nerdy school, so I, nor others, were crazy about getting into relationships or hookups. So after seeing my friends dabble with Tinder, I decided to try it myself. I mostly did it for a joke, sending funny pictures to my friends over some weird messages I got or funny bios I found. But I was also up to meet someone, if they seemed fine. So eventually this dude and I started talking and he asked to meet me at the local hangout, a gas station. That tells you something about my town. He seemed alright, fairly cute, only a year older. I decided it was fine, especially considering one of my friends was at the place, so if this guy was a total weirdo from the start, I could escape. But it was fine, and the first time we hung out in his car, nothing drastic happened. We kissed, but that's all that happened. We hung out in his car again and drove around and made out, but once again, nothing drastic happened. Both of us were kind of just trying to lose our virginity and get it out of the way. My car was small and so was his, 
and both of us had pretty strict parents, so we scheduled to meet up next Saturday at G Motel to get it over with. So that day comes, I wake up and I'm literally in the worst pain of my life. I was on birth control, but it just made it worse, and I'm in terrible pain. I text him, saying that I need to wait a week. Instead of just an alright, or even a slightly annoyed tone, this guy basically tries to pressure me to go in anyway. I try to explain that I'm in pain, and if he honestly can't wait a week, he can go find another girl. He starts calling me a liar, saying that I'm making it up so I can sleep with another guy. Basically sends me texts from 9pm to 6am, calling me all sorts of nasty things, saying I'm really ugly and horribly boring, and that he was just doing this as a favor, and that I'm going to regret this, and so on. I'm upset, obviously. I never had someone say the things like he said to me. I generally started feeling pretty awful about myself, thinking that I should have sucked it up and gone with him anyway. It basically put me in a really horrible mood the whole week, so much that I basically turned into a big sobbing mess when I went with my friends camping the following week. It's a week later and I'm sitting on my screen porch that we have for our cats in the summer. I just got in a kitten and was playing with her when I see a car that looks like the car that the guy drove. I brush it off until I see the same car drive by again and again and again about seven times in total. I think back and I realized that I talked about hanging out at a beach a lot which was right across from my house. Now I'm terrified. My parents aren't home and if he corners me I'm in an enclosed room. The only access from the house was the window which was very hard to open from the outside. After the second time I ducked so I wasn't visible from the road and started texting my friend. My friends pulled up and the car stopped coming by and I hugged them, terrified of what could have happened. My mom and dad come home and I don't say anything, but I basically forced myself into hanging around them and not being home alone for a few days. About six months later, this guy asked me on Facebook. I never once gave him my last name. He texts me saying I'm the most genuine and pretty girl he'd ever met, that when looking back on it, he compared every single girl he's met since and I'm the top and he's sorry. I don't think he knew I saw him stalking me. I basically said, that's cool, but don't talk to me again. He hasn't, fortunately. I swore off Tinder for a while, eventually using it far away from home at college. With a happy ending, I met my current boyfriend. So I got to learn some good things and bad things by using online dating apps. But to the guy from Tinder, let's not meet again. I would like to start this off by saying this actually took place a few years ago, but it seemed relevant to post since a lot of people are doing online dating right now. One summer when I was in law school, I was swiping through Tinder looking for someone to hang out with. I matched with this guy that seemed pretty nice and looked good, lots of shirtless photos. He was a counselor at a local high school in the metro area. We texted for a while talked on the phone, and then decided to grab brunch the next weekend. I met him in the restaurant, and we had brunch with bottomless mimosas. He was nice and funny, made me laugh a lot. I think we both got a little tipsy. He said he was going to go to a barbecue at his friend's house after brunch, and asked me to come. He seemed pretty cool and I was having a good time, so I agreed. I had to walk my dog because I hadn't anticipated being out that long. So I told him I would meet him back at the restaurant in 30 minutes. He said he really wanted to meet my dog and asked if he could walk the dog with me. I thought about it for a second, but my place was a total disaster so I told him no. 
I came back to the restaurant and we grabbed an Uber to his friend's house. There were a bunch of people drinking and talking. Everyone was nice. They had the barbecue situation going on out back. We talked to some people, hung out, drank. He started to get drunk and handsy. So I told him I wanted a drink and walked into the kitchen for some space. A couple minutes later, he comes into the kitchen and tries to kiss me. I kind of smiled and shrugged my way out of his grasp and told him I needed to go to the bathroom. I asked him to grab me a drink and meet me outside in the backyard. When I left the restroom, I walked straight out the front door two blocks down and took a right. I grabbed an Uber home. I started getting calls and texts, but just blocked him. He tried to reach out over social media, but I just blocked him there too. Totally forgot about him. Fast forward three years. I'm sitting on the couch, chilling, reading through the local news on my phone. I scroll and see the picture of this guy's face. He had been arrested for raping women that he met on Tinder. This is a shorter story, but I think it fits here. I had just turned 18 at the time, and after getting out of a shitty high school romance, I figured I'd give Tinder a try. I didn't really plan on going on any dates, I just wanted to talk to new people, and then maybe someone would pique my interest. Let me set the scene. It's my senior ball, I'm all glammed up in my vintage dress and having a pretty good time, despite not having a date. The night was calming down, so I was sitting on my phone while a slow song played. I opened my Tinder to see if I had any new matches, and I did. A guy who was decently attractive and only a year older than me asked if I wanted to go on a date. I declined, but he seemed pretty insistent. To be fair, it wasn't a very harsh no because I didn't want to hurt his feelings. He then proceeds to spam me with different date ideas. I tried to ignore it and just go back to my friends. I checked my phone maybe 15 minutes later and he had sent me pictures of an empty school parking lot that was maybe two blocks away from the reception hall I was at. He was asking me to meet him there and said that he would bring drinks and we could get drunk together. I told him no. He asked if Walmart would be better. I proceeded to block him and didn't pick up the app for a little while after. This was a while ago, so my memory of that night is a bit spotty, so I probably missed some details that would make this a little creepier. So it's 2011, and I'm newly divorced. I'm in my mid-twenties and a single mother. I decide to try out some online dating sites. I start talking with this guy on one of the sites. We seem to have a lot in common, and he seems pretty normal. I decide to give him my phone number. We continue chatting via text and phone calls. Well, I suggest to go get some coffee and meet up. He states he doesn't drink coffee. Okay. I suggest we have drinks at the bar. He says he doesn't drink alcohol. Then he has a great idea. Let's go for a hike. I reluctantly agree. This was the first red flag. He wants to go to this place called Batstu in South Jersey, which is a historic village with old abandoned buildings, hiking trails, and the home of the New Jersey Devil. Great place for a first date. So I suggest we meet up at the main parking lot, and he has a better idea. He says let's meet at the train station nearby, 
and he'll drive us over because he knows another entrance with better hiking trails. Second red flag. I, again, reluctantly agree, not wanting to be rude. So the day of the date comes, and for whatever dumb reason, I didn't tell anyone I was doing this. I think because I was embarrassed for using a dating site, and I knew somewhere in the back of my mind my friends would have tried to talk me out of it. So I pull up to the train station, and he's in a late 90s Bronco. Okay, not so bad. We can't all afford newer cars. He gets out, and he's actually the guy from the pictures. Okay, initial sigh of relief. We get in the car, and he starts to head to the secret hiking trail entrance. We have a nice conversation on the way there. All seems good. We get there, and as soon as we get out of the car, I go to grab my phone. He says, no, just leave it here. I have mine. Red flag, waving in my fucking face. Again, being polite and not wanting to argue, I comply. I see the entrances, and one directs you towards a village in humanity, so I naturally suggest that one. He says no, and points to the other trail that goes God knows where. I again, being the good girl I am, say, okay. Right before we set off, a bit of rebellion sets in. You know, I should really have my phone with me. He starts to argue, and I'm like, no, I need it in case the babysitter calls about my son. He gives in and unlocks his car, and I grab my phone. We set off down the trail, side by side. We are talking, and everything seems okay. I start thinking, I was overreacting before. All is good. We get to the part of the trail where you can only go one by one. So I say, you go first, and I'll follow. He says, oh no, you go. So in case you trip or anything, I can grab you. I do that nervous giggle thing and politely decline, saying how bad I am at following paths. He insists I go first, in a stern voice, red flags with sirens. But I simply comply. The trail is getting narrower by the second, and the woods are getting darker because of the amount of trees and brush. We are no longer talking, and the only sounds are the crunching of our footsteps. Panic starts setting in. I look back at him and he's just got a scowl on his face and a dead look in his eyes. I try to smile at him, but nothing. So I stop and say, let's turn back. I like it better when we could walk next to each other and talk, still being polite. He says he wants to keep going this way. So I say, no really, I want to go back the other way. And I start to do just that. As I walk past, he grabs my arm and blocks my path. I don't say anything and just casually grab my phone out of my pocket. He lets me go, saying, fucking whatever, and we walk back towards the car in silence, me with my phone in my hand the whole time. Amazingly, I did have a signal. As we reach the clearing where the cars are parked, he looks at his watch and states he has to go now. He has somewhere he needs to be. We were only on the date for less than an hour, but okay, I'm not complaining. For whatever dumb reason, I get back in his car. We drive in almost silence the entire way back to my car, me with a death grip on my phone and him looking miserable. He drops me off at my car and speeds away. 
I never heard from him again. Me being naive, I want to believe that there was no chemistry between us. But let's be honest, when I decided to fuck politeness and grab my phone that day, I spoiled his dastardly plans. This happened to me my freshman year of college. Tinder was new, and everyone at my university was on that app. I joined to see what all the fuss was about. Looking through profiles, I found a few guys that were really interesting. This one guy in particular caught my eye. We will call him Walter. I swipe right on Walter, and we match. I was excited and kind of giddy because he was super attractive. He messages me and I get butterflies in my stomach. We message on the app for maybe an hour. Typical conversation is happening. I ask him what he does for a living and he asked me what my major was. Harmless conversation. After a while he asked me for my number so we could text instead of messaging on the app. I gave it to him. He seemed nice enough. We messaged back and forth for a few days. Lots of flirty conversations and plans to hang out finally occurred. By the fourth day of our conversation, he started calling me babe, which gave me mixed feelings. It was cute, but also a little weird. We didn't really know each other and had never met. I ignored it and continued on with the conversations. He started saying he wanted to be exclusive and he really wanted to see me in person. He was begging me at this point to come to his apartment to cuddle and watch movies with him and his dog. I told him that our first date needed to be in public and I would not be going to some stranger's apartment. He said I was overreacting and kept begging. I decided to ignore him for the rest of that night. The next day he apologized and said he understood why we needed to meet in public. So we made plans that weekend. The weekend came faster than I expected, and it was the day we were supposed to meet. Something just fell off, and I decided to back out. I texted him apologizing, saying my mom wasn't feeling well and needed me to come home to help her with some house chores. This made him annoyed, and he said, Your mom is a big girl. If she needs you, she can just call you. Just come over, and you can leave whenever to go help her. I really want to see and kiss you. I told him no, that I would be staying with my mom that weekend, and that was that. I only lived about 30 minutes from home, so I actually do go home to see my mom that day. After what he said about my mom, I started ignoring him, and the text started rolling in. Text after text. Babe, I'm sorry. Please come over. Babe, I miss you. Are you going to come over? I planned on replying the next day that I was just busy with my mom. Then he started calling me. I had a total of 45 missed phone calls within a 2 hour period. He left voicemail saying that he was sorry and that he just missed me and wanted me to call him back. Similar voicemails continued almost the entire time I was home. My roommate texted me shortly after I finished dinner with my mom and asked if we could go out that night. I agreed and went back to my university dorm. Suddenly, the calls from Walter started increasing again. More texts, voicemails, and he started messaging me again on Tinder, asking me why I wasn't replying to him. 
I wasn't planning on replying until I got a message on Instagram that said, Why didn't you tell me you were coming back to town tonight? Getting this message really freaked me out. I replied to him and said, Sorry, I've been busy with my mom. How did you know I was back in town? He said, Well, I checked your Tinder, of course. Tinder doesn't show exact locations, but has a within one mile message. This really freaked me out, and I messaged him back saying that he was being real creepy. He seriously had to be constantly refreshing my profile to see the distance change. The messages, calls, and voicemails continued. All were him apologizing for making me feel weird about him knowing where I was. He was just worried about me. We had been texting for less than a full week. I told my roommate about it, and so we decided to stay in for the night. The last straw for me was getting a message saying, Look, I'm really sorry. I'm outside your dorm with flowers and chocolate. Please forgive me. Oh hell no. I called the campus security and told them about this guy, but they never found anyone waiting outside my doors. I'm assuming he was in his car waiting for me to reply. I blocked him on all my socials, phone number, deleted Tinder, and haven't been back on since. I have seen him once, out and about in town, but he didn't recognize me, thankfully. Walter, if you read this, I'm glad we never met. Thanks for making me second guess every single guy I find attractive. So I'm not sure how many people know what FetLife is, but basically it's a fetish BDSM social media site. Facebook for those into kink, basically. It was used a lot for hookups, dating, but I was primarily into it to read some short erotica that were posted in forums sometimes and finding more like-minded friends. But I did eventually branch out and meet some people off of there. Most of them were really cool. Others, not so much. They were just kind of boring. All in all, it was pretty okay. But after talking to this one guy and meeting up with him only once, I got really bad vibes and decided not to go any further. He just creeped me out for some reason. He was not ready to give up. Things went quiet for a while, and then two weeks later I kept getting harassing messages from blank accounts that I'm assuming were his, as they all had different variations of the same screen name, but words and letters arranged in a different order. They were pretty harmless things like, Why don't you love me? I thought we had something special. Hello? Please talk to me. Things of that nature. Annoying, but not dangerous. Well, one day he shows up to my work. Now I did work at a McDonald's, so it isn't that weird. And luckily, I work in the back at the drive-thru. I only really saw him out of the corner of my eye when I went up to the front to grab cups. And I don't think he recognized me. I had shaved my head. It was trendy at the time. And when I met him, I had a wig on. I never told him that I had shaved my head either. But as I was walking back, he called out my name. I rushed into the back and told my manager, and he got asked to leave. I didn't see or hear from him for two weeks afterwards. 
I get another message from a totally new unnamed account. But this one was much more sinister. And I knew it was him. It had to be. When he found out I was dating someone new, he got angry and threatened to expose me. I didn't work at McDonald's so he didn't know where I worked anymore. But he knew where I went to school. The names of my mother and sister and knew where they worked. He knows what shops I shop at, which friends I hang out with the most. He didn't know her name, but he gave me a really detailed description of how she looked. And he says that he knows where I live. Luckily, nothing happened and I moved soon after and never heard from him again. But needless to say, I was very spooked out and it scared me away from online dating for good. I made a police report, so maybe that scared him away. This all happened when I was 19. I'm not the best looking dude, so I never had much luck with women and ended up on Tinder. I wasn't having much luck there either until like the third month of using it when a blonde woman named Katie messaged me. She was pretty enough that I just dismissed her as a bot. It wasn't until three days later that she messaged me again, which is odd because bots almost never message more than once. I clicked on her chat and replied, then looked at her profile. What I saw was pretty generic, but definitely wasn't a bot's profile. We had been talking for about a month when she proposed the idea that I come see her. I was pretty reluctant as she lived 8 hours from me by car, but I had to admit I really did like her quite a bit and I have been thinking about asking her if I could come see her for a while now. After a bit of badgering from her, I finally said that I would take a drive to go see her. At this point, I had no reason to doubt that she was who she said she was. We had video chatted every other week, called on most days. I just assumed that I got really lucky. Things did get a little weird on the way there though. She kept messaging me, asking me where I was, while making sure I was still coming. At some points, when I took more than 30 minutes to respond, she would send me a slew of annoyed texts. Admittedly, I chalked it up to her being nervous about me coming to see her. I was pretty nervous too, so I couldn't blame her. I had a hard time finding her house at first. The directions she gave me were pretty confusing, and it was back through a series of gravel and dirt roads and a large thicket of trees. It was still midday when I came onto an old looking house. A window on the second floor was boarded up, but it didn't look abandoned. Just worse for wear. Katie's red buggy that she liked to talk about was parked in front of the garage. I took out my phone and texted her that I was here. She only sent a smiley face in return. When I got out of the car to knock on the door, I noticed that someone was looking at me from one of the second floor windows. I found it a little creepy but figured it was just her father or something. She had told me that he comes to stay with her every now and again. So I ignored it and knocked on her door. She answered with a smile and gave me a kiss which surprised me and I followed her inside. We sat down on our couch and started talking about our plans when I asked her about her dad. You didn't tell me that your dad was here, I said. Was that going to be a surprise or... Katie looked confused and told me that her dad wasn't here. 
I still thought she was keeping up the act and told her that she didn't have to keep pretending and that I had seen him looking through the window at me from the upstairs window. Katie went pale and said you gotta get out of here. Now. We both ran to our cars. When I questioned Katie, she informed me that her dad wasn't there and that she had been home alone until I showed up. I called the police and while I was on the phone giving my address, Katie gasped and pointed to the window where I'd seen the guy last. He was looking at us from the window again. I got a better look of him and he seemed older and frail, almost like he hadn't eaten anything in a while. He left the window after he saw that we saw him. The police took a half an hour to show up and the whole time Katie was crying and mumbling about how she was an idiot for not keeping her doors locked. When the police finally did show up, one started asking me and Katie questions as the other two searched the house. They came back out a little later and told me and Katie that they didn't find anyone. They did find the back door was hanging open. Whoever it was had ran out into the woods, but the cops were sure that the house was empty. After the cops left, she asked me to stay the night because she was too scared to be alone in the house right now. I gladly did and we slept downstairs on the couch as Katie's bedroom was the room that was right next to where the man had been. Katie had also brought out a shotgun that her father had given her, but she has never used. I told her it was fine. The man's gone, but she insisted, saying that she'll feel safer if it's out. I'm glad she did. Later that night, I was still wide awake, watching TV. Katie had somehow managed to fall asleep. From the kitchen, I heard the sound of the doorknob being turned. At this point, I wasn't even scared. I was just pissed. I flipped on the light in the kitchen and pointed the gun at the kitchen door. And there he was. The guy that had been at the house before was standing on the other side of the glass door. He looked shocked, and I'm glad we had locked the door. The man unfroze and yet again ran into the woods. I woke up Katie and told her what happened, and we called the police yet again. When they arrived, they did a full sweep of the woods, but found no one. They told Katie and me that it's probably a good idea to stay somewhere else for the night. Me and Katie said our goodbyes. She was going to stay at her friend's house, and I was going home. I left a little after Katie did. I was on the phone with my brother, telling him what happened. My headlights were on. As I was talking, something caught my eye. The fucking man was standing at the corner of the house, just watching me. I gunned it out of there, and didn't even bother calling the police again. However, I did text Katie, and she said she was going to call the cops again. I don't think Katie ever went back to the house alone. I'm a 26 year old who has lived in Alaska my whole life. This will become important later when you see just how far this person would go to try to be with me. This all happened a few years back when I was in college. Like any woman at my age, I made a grave mistake of attempting online dating. I was using OkCupid to try and find a potential partner, but I also had listed in my bio that I was looking for friends. One day this girl we'll call her Jen, messaged me. She seemed nice, and we got to talking and really hit it off, but I made it clear at this time I wasn't looking for a relationship due to being preoccupied with work and school. I should preface the rest of the story by saying that I'd like to help people, and it's really hard for me not to. Honestly, it has been the biggest flaw I've had over the years, a contributing factor in multiple abusive relationships I've been in before and since this incident. Anyway, 
The results of this has been that I tend to drain myself to try to help others and it attracts unsavory and unstable people. We start going into conversation about our various interests and eventually we stumble across gaming as a mutual interest. Jen suggests we play a new game, Ark Survival Evolved. It's a cursed rune of games that wasn't very optimized for any system. To be honest, it was an absolute dumpster fire of a game, but at the time I thought it had a lot of potential. So I spent countless hours making various bases and trading dinosaurs. Jenny and I spent a lot of time in the multiplayer building things and training dinosaurs and talking and having a good time. During this time she opened up to me about a lot of the abuse she had suffered in past relationships and from family that didn't accept her for being gay. Having also been through some difficult times I felt a lot of empathy for her and would try to build her up and talk her out of self-hating talk when I had the energy to. This is when the trouble started though. I noticed that she had been a bit too friendly with me and kept being overtly sexual and flirting for a week or two. It all started in the game, roleplay kind of stuff. She was really nice, but totally not my type. I had to address the situation multiple times, saying that it made me feel very uncomfortable. But every time we had that conversation, Jen would tell me that she understood and would back off. You know the drill. It never got through to her. By this time, we had started having communications on a chat app called Telegram. I wasn't always on my computer, so it seemed like a convenient solution. I started noticing that a lot of the emojis she was using displayed a very similar lack of respect for my boundaries. Just as before, I had mentioned this to Jen that it made me feel uncomfortable. I knew she had a lot going on upstairs, but me being me, I have always been a gentle soul. It's always been very difficult for me to set firm boundaries and to keep those, especially when someone is suffering. One week I was very busy with homework and a double shift at work, so I ended up getting home very late. I booted up my computer just to check some emails as I ate dinner before zonking out. When Steam loaded, I noticed that I had a hundred missed messages and comments, all from Jen. About 30 minutes later, my phone starts going off. Mind you, this is at 12 a.m. Alaskan time, so this would have been 3 a.m. for her. She called my cell phone number with what she had saved from Telegram. She was absolutely out of control. From the moment I picked up the phone, she was screaming obscenities and slurs intercepted with confessions of love and desperate pleas for me to unblock her so that we could be friends again and that she would make it up to me and all that crap. I tried to explain to her that what she had done was out of line and that I just didn't have the emotional capacity to go through another abusive relationship but she was having absolutely none of it. I did the only thing I could do. I ended the call and blocked her number. Five minutes later I get a call from an unrecognized private number and pick up knowing exactly what I was in for. It was her again calling from her parents landline. I immediately hung up. 15 seconds goes by and my phone rings again. I dismiss the call. My phone rang again about five minutes later from the same number. This goes on for a solid 15 minutes before I turned off my phone and went to bed. 
It was a fairly sleepless night, but thankfully, the next day, I had class in the evening, so I had the opportunity to sleep in. I woke up from my okay sleep and turned my phone on to find over 100 missed calls and about as many voicemails. I checked my telegram to talk to a different friend about the chaos that was going on to find messages from six new accounts. Most of them just off the wall text filled with the same out of control ramblings that she had said on the phone. They were the texts of someone who had completely lost it all over the place in tone and message switching back and forth between I love you and awful slurs with little regard of spacing, punctuation, capitalization, or general legibility. I was horrified. I mean, I had seen a fair share of breakdowns, but never ones that impacted me directly. Then I got a phone call, same unknown private number, hoping that she had calmed down enough to reason. I picked up the phone and she started sobbing and screaming, starting right back in. Mad as hell, I screamed into the phone for her to shut up, and for the first time in probably 14 hours, she did. Very clearly, I told her not to call me again, and that she had gone way over the line, and I wanted nothing to do with her after this. In a calm, monotone voice, she makes me shudder to this day when she said, What do I have to do to prove my love for you? Do you want me to kill myself? How about my dog? I can kill her for you. Honestly, I was shocked. I just told her no, and that if she loved me, she would move on and get help. This was the worst possible answer. Immediately, she started screaming again. I hung up. I'm shaking again, just remembering this all. She called me back consistently for the rest of the morning until I turned my phone off. The next day, I went in and got my number changed, hoping that that would be the end of it. A few days passed, and I'm at work. My boss comes over to me saying that there's a call from my mom. I thought nothing of it until I picked up the phone and heard Jen's voice on the other end. She started talking about how she had started cutting herself and how she would keep going until she was dead if I didn't unblock her. So I hung up the phone without a word. I told my boss to not bother me with phone calls unless it was from a known listed number on my emergency contact file. With my new phone, I set up Telegram again and started going through blocking all of her other accounts, but this still wasn't the end of it. For about six months after the whole thing went down, every few weeks, I would get a new Telegram contact on a new number begging me to unblock her so we could be together. I know it's not some big climactic end, but honestly, what could I do? All I knew of her at the time was her first name, screen name, and state. If I had reported to the police, nothing would have been done anyways. The cops here don't take kindly to queer people like myself, so I just didn't want to risk any BS with them. Oh, and to the Jen, the out of control lesbian from Ark Survival Evolved, I hope you've gotten help, but please let's never meet again. <laughs>